This person said, after losing my mother, I had someone tell me that I shouldn't miss my late mother because she's no longer suffering and happy in heaven. Shouldn't miss? Recently, I posted a question on Instagram to ask if anyone have experiences with toxic positivity and I actually have a few responses. I just really feel for them as well as um, a certain level of anger. <laughs> it's a bit hard for me to talk about this because I think when I read this sharing, I, I, I interact with these people directly to ask more information as well as getting consent of to share it on the podcast. Um, it was like heart-wrenching for me and yet, yeah, yeah, I mean, I have different complicated emotions of it. For some reason, I often feel for them because I also feel like a snippet of it before, at least some form in the past. Mm. It may not be the exact same situation, but it's just really painful and I, I, I really feel that. So, um, this person said, um, after losing my mother, I had someone try to comfort me saying my mom is now happy in heaven. Mm. And I had someone tell me that I shouldn't miss my late mother because she's no longer suffering and happy in heaven. Shouldn't miss? I feel like you can't even have the space to miss at your own time. Yeah. And, and, and this person said that the thing was that at the time I wasn't even 21 and still staying with the mother. So... It felt very blatant and invalidating. I was in such a such pain and navigating through my grief. Oh dear. Yeah. I'm so so sorry for this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I also felt like very like sad that mm. at that point of time, she's a, she's already experiencing a great loss mm. at a young age. Mm. I mean, it's not about age. It's still a great loss to anyone at that age. And to hear those words at that time, mm. now it sounds like a shock to us, and we are not even the person going through it. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like the person is like trying to have a stopgap measure to, you know, like just stop thinking about it and it will all be fine. Even if they believe that the mother is happy in heaven, mm. she also is allowed to be sad that she lost her mother. Mm. I feel that the toxic positivity includes that there's only one emotions allowed by one person. Like everyone needs to share the same emotions. Everyone needs to be happy together or positive together. Yeah, it's an intolerance for messy emotions or um, emotions that fit outside that strict boundaries of just being happy, just being positive all the time. I just literally cannot imagine um, someone saying that you shouldn't miss your mother or somebody close to you. Mm. I think it's very normal to miss someone, whether they are in heaven or on earth. I think it's a basic right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even I mean to 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 miss someone. So mm. it sounds like part of me, but it sounds like a quick fix of someone's pain, mm, which doesn't work at all. Yeah. I mean, this person shared with me, and I found out that most likely has been years mm. ago that this happened. So I can imagine that the pain is is still mm. there, or the memory, you know. I think she felt it very acutely. Yeah, because like she was already in pain and then somebody shutting down and devalidating her very natural emotions probably made her feel that she's even wrong to miss her mother, even though it's perfectly normal. Yeah, that's the thing. It's perfectly normal to have such reaction to a very difficult incident and experience. Mm-hmm. Why would people think that someone should be back on a certain happy default when something unusual and mm-hmm. Devastating. Painful, yeah, yeah, that happened. And it ex- I think there's something even more wrong 
to be like happy when something's happened. Like I would pay attention to that friend and say, Are you okay? You can mm-hmm. feel other things. Like if someone had a loss, mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't be so forceful to say you have to feel other things, but I would just take note that what if the person is masking the pain or avoiding or it? something yeah. else? Mm. Not, not that avoidance is wrong because yeah. I feel there's a time and place for... To put it on the shelf. Yes, correct. Mm. I think I've learned that it's okay to put certain things on the shelf first and come back to it when you're ready. Mm. But it, it's just that I know I will not take it on just the surface value that, oh, she's fine now, he's fine now. I would, in fact, take some consideration to care more for the person. Yeah. Mm. So I really hope that the person will receive the healing and support if she still needs now. And yeah, I just hope that this sharing will also raise awareness for others to be more aware of what they say to another. Mm. The focus should be on that person, what the person needs, instead of what we want to say. If that person really needs a positive statement, I think go ahead. Like we don't know what stage that person needs at. Maybe he or she needs to hear that. Now I usually err on the side of asking a bit more questions. Mm. Say, what do you need now, you know? Um, do you need me to listen? Do you need me to say, uh, to validate, to acknowledge? I, I mean, I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but this is what I do now. I ask more questions. That's a good practice. I think it's about listening with empathy and checking in with the person what they need. If they really wanted an encouraging word and if they said so, then maybe that is the right time to give them that positive word. But in a lot of cases, it seems to be just um, being present with the person in their pain and in their suffering and acknowledging that this is normal and this is expected in these kind of circumstances. For myself, I even sometimes when I'm in pain and I know the other person wants to help but don't know how, I might actually give suggestions and give pointers at what I actually need. Yeah, is like, it practical help or is it... Yeah, yeah I'm someone who believes in the faith. So if I speak to someone who is a fellow, a fellow believer um, I, and I really need like a verse to encourage myself but I might not know one at that point I might ask for it and say you know do you know a verse that could help me in my current situation mm, that's being resourceful <laughs> <laughs> and if I need a listening or, or someone to maybe comment on my pain then I, I might even be able to communicate that but that's me I know that people who are in deep pain or um, going through very difficult emotions might not have that capacity or energy or having in themselves at that point of time to do that. Mm. Sometimes people are not as in touch with their emotions as you are. So a lot of times it's listening first and then maybe gently asking, what do you think I can help? On that note about being in touch with emotions, I've learned to also listen to myself and my body instead of like gaslighting myself to, to think that why are you feeling this way? You should feel happier. Like, why are you being a burden to the people around you and, you know, feeling unhappy? And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still sometimes have the temptation to feel like that. But I also learn to care for myself and not to brush these emotions away and go to a, a community, a friend, someone who's supportive that are willing and happy to be there for me in these emotions. I saw an Instagram infographic that said that toxic positivity is at the tip of the iceberg of repressed rage. Sometimes we feel that we're not allowed to be, let's say, angry with somebody who has hurt us. 
So we, we just tell ourselves, no, we should be forgiving, we should be kind, we should move on. Underlying it could be bottled up resentment, frustration, not just rage, it could be sadness. Yeah, I think we have to allow others and ourselves the space to go through different emotions such, like, such as anger and sadness. And you know the term, sleeping under the carpet? Hmm. I just think about it like imagining visually. If you do it so much, it becomes a heap of something below that's festering. Mm, like wriggling worms. Um, yeah, okay, anything of worms <laughs> that terrifies me, but I just think it's very dusty and, mm. and, and just basically unhygienic as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's important for me, I would do a stock take if I have the space and the bandwidth to face certain emotions or incidents or trauma and process that at my own pace, of course. Mm. And if there's a need to, to process it with, some, with a professional so that I'll be continue to be safe and mm. be in a safe space. Yeah, I totally agree. I, when you talk about trauma, a lot of us are generally not equipped to uh, help someone process it. So I think trauma is usually best processed with a professional. Not to say, again, that family and friends cannot walk with a journey together and be supportive. But I think trauma is something quite tricky and personally, I would be more inclined to bring it to a professional. And I think there are different levels of trauma. I heard mm. there are like big traumas and small traumas. So mm. I think it's not even easy for someone to identify which is which. Mm. So someone who is skilled and quick could be very helpful in that. Mm. And may uh, facilitate the process of healing and even accelerate it. Yeah. In the next episode, Uncle was in the hospital and clearly was very unwell and the uncle's daughter said things to him like you need to step out of it come on now be positive please note that what we have shared does not constitute medical advice if you need professional help do seek it out and if it's an emergency please proceed to the local hospital thank you for watching i feel fine really, really?